Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver, and our special guest today is Father Dwight Longenecker. We're going to be talking about the importance of not being complacent in our faith, especially with the revelation of some well-known Christians over the last month or so who have actually renounced the Christian faith or are thinking of doing so. And so, Father, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Well, thanks for the invitation. Uh, can you tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I know you're an author, speaker, and priest, but maybe just, uh, you know, a little intro? Yeah, I, I was brought up in an evangelical home in Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, after college, I came down with a serious illness called anglophilia, the, <laughs> the love of all things English. So I, I, uh, the door opened for me to go over and study theology in England, and prepare for to be a minister in the Anglican Church, the Church of England. Uh, so that happened, uh, but my spiritual journey took me closer and closer to the Catholic faith, uh, and then in 1995, I and my family um, were received into the Catholic Church. Then, uh, about 10 years later, the door opened uh, for me to be ordained as a Catholic priest, uh, and less people will say, well, hang on, I thought you were married. There is a special provision uh, made for converts from the Anglican or Episcopalian churches, and sometimes Lutheran, uh, and uh, to receive a dispensation from the vow of celibacy, allowing us to be ordained as Catholic priests. So this dispensation came through, signed by Pope Benedict, uh, and uh, enabling the local bishop to ordain me as a Catholic priest. So I now serve as a a priest in the Diocese of Charleston in South Carolina, uh, and also, as you said, I have a considerable ministry writing. I have a blog uh, and some podcasts. People listen to me and follow my blog at DwightLongenecker.com. I'm active on social media, and I get out and do some speaking and conferences and stuff like that, in addition to my work as a parish priest. Well, it's great, and I think, uh, and I've looked on your your website and and looked at your blog and everything, and so I do highly recommend people follow you and just see what's going on because you're you're kind of have a pulse on what's going on in today's world, and and we all know that that pulse is is not too great right now. <laughs> well, there are some problems, and whenever there's problems, people are looking for solutions. Right, and I think that's kind of the genesis of this conversation. So, you know, to get started, I think being a convert, and I'm actually a convert myself, uh, you know, I think we, we see people uh, get complacent in their faith. And so these are—I've looked at the comments from Marty Sampson, who uh, is actually a, a, a prolific worship music writer for uh, Hillsong United— and then also a guy named Josh Harris, who uh, had written a book on dating and, you know, was really into the, you know, the Christian faith. I think it was non-denominational. But these are just some of the comments that have come out from these two. And so one is, you know, Christianity's just another religion. Uh, the Bible is full of contradictions. Science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Uh, I'm not Christian anymore. Uh, you know, and also— you know, the regrets of standing against marriage equality. There's been a whole shift in their thinking, but in reality, it may be that the depth of their faith wasn't quite as, uh, they didn't have the roots that they should have had because, you know, we're called to fight against these type of things. And and it seems like, whether it's them or people in our family, uh, giving up on the faith seems to be an easy thing to do today. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I'm not sure if it's any easier or any more difficult than it's always been. Um, but certainly we live in tumultuous times. And I think we underestimate how how rapidly our world is changing, uh, how rapidly technology is just washing over us like a tsunami. Um, and, and science and mobility, there's so many things buzzing in our in our world. And unless our faith is, is grounded firmly, um, we're likely to get swept away. Uh, I'm reminded of two of the stories from the gospel. One is, um, of course, Jesus saying that if you build your house on the on the sand, uh, when the, when the storms come, it's going to fall flat. Uh, and the second is, if you build your house on a rock, it'll stand firm. And of course, that I, I've always been interested, you know, Deacon, that that gospel is that it's only recorded. That story is only recorded. In Matthew's Gospel, which is the same Gospel, which is where where we have the conversation where Peter, Jesus says to Peter, "You are rock, and on this house, I will, on this rock, I will build my church." So, very clearly, it seems to me that Jesus is saying, "Hey, build your house on the rock." Peter's the rock, and the Catholic faith uh, for the last two thousand years is that uh, rock of stability on which to build. So, uh, if if we don't actually um, build on a secure foundation, uh, then yeah, when the storms come. That house will fall flat. And I, I think when people lose their faith or get confused or bewildered, um, very often that, that is the root problem. They, they haven't really built uh, on, on the rock. And the second story, which, which really interests me in this whole debate, uh, is the story of, uh, of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee during the storm. You remember the storm was raging about them. They were frightened. They were arguing amongst themselves. And our, our Lord comes strolling along on the water, um, saying, hey, just chill, guys. What's the problem, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and there's that detail where he says, where the gospel says, it was as if he was going to pass them by. It was almost like he was on a different mission, and he was just really sort of taking a shortcut across the Sea of Galilee. But, of course, the, the, the meaning of the story is that in, in life's uh, tempest, in life's turmoil, uh, in life's storms, uh, he is the calming influence. He's the one who is um, able to calm the storms. And so, um, yeah, if we don't build our house on the rock, we don't have that deep, stable relationship with our Lord, then it's, yeah, it can get pretty stormy out there. Well, and, and you know, if we get complacent with our faith, if we're not growing in it, we're kind of dying in it. And I think, you know, you're you're a convert, as, as myself, into the Catholic faith. But, you know, you are always, it sounds like, your progression, we were always growing in your faith, and Christ was leading you to a deeper and deeper faith, which ended up coming into the Catholic Church. If you'd have been complacent, just like, you know, I'm kind of happy where I am, who knows, you know, how your life or my life would have turned out. I know. One of the books I've written is called Romance of Religion, and it's all about uh, the life of faith as being this great quest, this great adventure, in which we actually leave our comfort zone constantly and yes like you say always launching out stepping out of the boat to use that story again um and uh really g- embarking on this great adventure and it is an adventure of, of risk and of faith and if you if we regard our faith as a, a comfort zone then we have the wrong expectation it, it is really meant to be challenging us every day um, to move closer and deeper in, into union with Christ. Well, I always, I always imagine somebody, or even myself, sometimes telling, telling Jesus, you know, I'm kind of happy where I am. What do you think? And him just saying, "You're perfect where you are. Just don't do anything else. I, you're right where I want you to be." Knowing, of course, he would never say that. Right? He's always wanting us to draw closer and closer, and to, and to challenge us in, in ways that help us grow in our faith. Right. 
Yeah, I've sometimes in a couple of my writings I've said, you know, the faith is is not like an an armchair, and you know, the most famous armchair is called Lazy Boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, instead, life is meant to be the faith is meant to be more like a you know like a diving board or a trampoline. You know, it's something to actually take a spring into into the unknown. Um, and this is this is the uh, amazing fact of of our faith that unless where it's constantly challenging us and 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 drawing us further on. Um, we, we've lost it. Sometimes people come to me in the confessional and say, "Father, you know, I've lost my faith. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't, it doesn't work anymore." And I'll say, "You know what? Sometimes Jesus walks right right beside us, and, and other times He hurries on ahead around the next curve, and we can't see Him anymore. And that's because He's saying, "Will you hurry up and catch up?" You know, I'm over here over the next hillside, around the next bend. You need to, get, you know, get, get some a pace on, get get, right. get some you know, hoof it a bit and catch up. So, I mean, you, you experience, I mean, and so we talked about uh, these, you know, popular Christians who have uh, an issue non-denominational, but, you know, we see it within the Catholic faith as well, that, you know, people are struggling. So if someone came to you, Father, and said, look, I, you know what, I, you know, I've, I've more, I'm struggling with this, the Catholic faith is just another religion— um, you know, the Bible seems to contradict itself. You, you can tell them there, you know, you're talking to them that there's a lot going on there. What would be the first step you would do to counsel them to kind of try to right the ship a little bit? First of all, I would say asking questions is good. You're supposed to ask questions. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. We're supposed to ask questions about our faith. And in fact, if you've never asked any questions about your faith and you never scratched your head and said, this is a bit difficult to believe, isn't it? You haven't really taken your faith seriously at all. So asking the is good, but ask the questions to sincerely find the answers. Don't just ask the questions with a cynical attitude of, yeah, this is baloney. Okay, so um, you can find the answers. And in our age, we have more access, instant access, to more answers and really accessible answers than anybody has ever had before because we have the internet. You can go on the internet and you can read, you know, all of the treatises of the of the church fathers, and this is really heavy theological stuff, all of the church documents, you can read all of that stuff online, or you can go to a popular apologetics website like Catholic Answers, uh, or Dave Armstrong, or my blog, or, or other places, and these, answer, these questions will be answered for you. People, believe it or not, other people have thought of these things, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they've asked, they've asked these questions, too, and they've come up with reasonable um, reasonable answers. There's a great website by, uh, founded by Brandon Vogt, which is called um, Stranger... Um, oh, gosh, the name slipped away now. It's called um, Strange Truths or something like that, in which he has loads of articles by really smart people um, a- answering the questions of atheists and agnostics and and uh, people who uh, you know question the relationship between science and religion and so forth. So the answers are out there. So the first thing I would say is ask the questions, but really seek to find because the answers are there. And the more you engage um, actively with an active mind and reason and faith together, uh, you will be able to make progress. Well, and I think that's a good point, right? The answers are out there, and you want to surround yourself by people who are empathetic, but also can direct you to where to get answers to that if they can't answer that themselves, right? You need to be able to 
you know, if you're smart, hang around smarter people, and that way they can help guide you to where you need to go. Because one of the one of these gentlemen not only renounced his faith, but then he got divorced. Uh, you know, he's got three children, and the point is, you know, when we are in a a point of desolation where we're really struggling with the faith, they, you know, the Saint Ignatius tells you the last thing to do is to make any kind of major decision, right? Just kind of battle this yes. out. Don't make major decisions in your life when you're struggling. Yes, I think also, um, with respect to our separated brethren, uh, I think a lot of the sort of freelance evangelical Christians who begin strong with a, you know, maybe they're converted and they get to become Christians and they follow Jesus. Um, a lot of these traditions in my experience, and I grew up in that, that, that sort of tradition, a, a lot of these denominations and churches I'm afraid to say they don't really have a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's the initial sort of experience of being converted and praising Jesus, and the emotions are high, but there's not a lot of uh, theological depth very often, and certainly there's a great paucity uh, in the depth of the spiritual, the traditions of, of Christian spirituality. Um, and therefore, as a person matures, there's not much for them to get their teeth into. You know, it's, it's, it's okay when you're at the milk and honey stage, but when you need beaten potatoes, they're not serving up the menu. Um, and so this is one of the things which drew me more and more to the Catholic faith, because I found a richness of history, art, architecture, theology, philosophy, uh, on, a, on this massive scale in the Catholic Church, which gave me something to get my teeth into. Well, and one of the things I hear a lot from people, too, and, and I think it goes along with what you were just saying, is that, you know, they think, well, if I have faith and I love Jesus, my life is going to go swimmingly. When in reality, to have a strong faith, it enables you to deal with those rough waters you were talking about from the gospel passage, right? Yes, indeed. And this is ironic. You see, the atheists are saying um, things like, you know, faith is simply abandoning all rational thought and, and, and being immersing yourself in this emotional, subjective thing called faith, which is believing something for which you have no evidence at all. And, and so the atheists will sneer in that way, but in fact, their experience of a lot of American Christianity is just that. In other words, a lot of the uh, evangelical uh, sort of Christianity, and a lot, I have to say, of Catholic Christianity as well, is not much more than emotional feelings, and uh, it's called fideism, where you have faith alone uh, in nothing, and there's no evidence because you have this deep faith. And the Church rejects fideism uh, because it says no. Uh, as Pope John Paul II said, the Church breathes with two lungs, faith and reason. Uh, and the faith is reasonable, and we do have evidence for faith, but very often modern Christianity is actually playing into the hands of the atheists because they're also saying, you don't need all that intellectual stuff, that'll just get you confused, just have a lot more faith in Jesus, brother. But, well, no, that doesn't really cut it, because the faith needs to be reasonable and rational, which it is. Uh, and another reason I, I moved more towards the Catholic faith and then eventually became a Catholic was because I found this uh, respect for for reason, this respect for rational argument, uh, the understanding that God gave us our minds and our brains to ask these questions and search for the answers. Well, and you know, we and we do see it in the Catholic faith, and I think that's that's a good point. I mean, how many you've probably done, you know, probably can't even count funerals, baptisms, uh, whatever, and 
people don't even know they are father. I mean, it's it's sad when you go to a funeral of a faithful Catholic, the family shows up, they don't know when to kneel, they don't know any of the prayers, and you know how much that hurts the hearts of you know, people, you know, the seniors and they're dying and they see, you know, five out of six kids no longer participating in the faith. If somebody's listening today, what can they do if their children have kind of lost the faith and had the attitude we're talking about today? I mean, eventually we become a, a clanging gong because we're the, sa- we're the same voice. Where can they lead and guide them maybe to your website or where can they go to get some kind of those meat and potatoes you were talking about? Well, there, there's lots of different websites out there, and, and to, to go out and search, the, the you know, the Catholic Productions do wonderful videos about Bible, tra- um, of Catholic Bible knowledge, the, 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 um, uh, in, the Institute of St. Paul, Scott Hahn's organization, Catholic Answers, my blog, other blogs, and you soon find a, a wealth of material that's out there free online, and then, of course, plenty of books and other resources to purchase. But I think the underlying thing, Deacon, is for us to really shake ourselves up in the Church, and when I say the Church, I mean the Protestant churches, too, mm-hmm. but especially the Catholic Church, to shake ourselves up and say, look, uh, we've been driving on the fumes of cultural cultural Christianity now for about 50 years, and by that I mean we've been coasting along as a Christian country and a Christian church along the lines of, oh yeah, we're all Christians, our family's Christian, we're Catholics because my great-grandfather was Italian, you know, we're all Catholics, we don't go to church, but we're all Catholics, we're all Christians, we're all believers, and we're coasting along in this, like I say, on the fumes of that kind of Christianity, and we need to shake ourselves up and say, look, no, we, we are now in a missionary situation, we're in the situation, the same situation they were in in the early church in the Roman Empire, with an extremely decadent, violent, lustful, despairing society that we live in, uh, and uh, our family members, some of them are in that same situation, they're in that same soup, yep. and we we have to be living radiant Christian lives with parishes that are on fire for Christ, involved in service in the community, and in catechesis, and in teaching, and doing all of this in a joyful way, so that the world around us don't actually say, look at those mean, old, narrow-minded Christians, instead they're saying, Wow, look at those Christians. They love one another. Where can I sign up? <laughs> yeah, what, what what a novel concept, right? Yeah, what a yeah, what a novel concept. Christians actually being Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, heaven heaven, so, heaven forbid we embrace our baptismal promises, right? Exactly. And the more we shake ourselves up and say this is the situation we're in right now, um let's do it. Uh and roll let's roll up our sleeves and fight the good fight, but to do so as as happy warriors um, and, and cut all the sort of sour complaining and blaming other people and with this, this work of mission, I think, uh, is where we really need to start with. Well, we, you know, John Paul II with the new evangelization, I try to remind people the old evangelization never died. He had to remind us that this is what we're supposed to do and be that, be that light and be, attra- be that attraction in the world. And uh, I agree, right? And it really comes to our footsteps and how are we living our faith uh, you know, I remember Mother Angelica saying, you know, you may be the only Jesus somebody meets today. Do we really go out in the yes. world every day with that attitude? Right. And I think also um, it's easy to despair about our loved ones and so forth who are departing from the faith. You know, it could be that sometimes they have to go away in order to come back. In other words, they have to go on this journey of asking and seeking and I would say to family members who find their children and grandchildren departing from the faith, to say to them, 
sit down and have a heart to heart and say, look, sweetheart, you know, you need to ask these questions. You need to seek. But remember, always seek the answer. Don't just run away because it's not going to lead you to happiness. Instead, ask these questions. If you leave the church for a time, I wish that weren't true, but if it's true, then make sure that you're continuing the search and you're really looking for the answers and you're really seeking to find Christ, because that quest is, is valid. It, it's authentic. Uh, and if uh, I don't, Deacon, I'm not encouraging anybody to leave the church, but I'm saying if <laughs> No, I know do, what you're saying, yeah. If they do, then that search sometimes can actually be the way the Holy Spirit is leading them to really understand and really get it for themselves. Well, and everybody's on, uh, you know, we're on the same path, we're in different places on that path. So basically what you're saying is, hey, if you're asking questions about the Church, don't make them rhetorical questions. Ask questions that you really want the answers to. Yeah. Cardinal Newman, uh, the the, the Venerable Cardinal Newman, uh, I guess blessed now, blessed Cardinal Newman, who's soon to be uh, uh, made a saint, um, he actually distinguished between a doubt and a difficulty. Um, And a doubt is when you say, that can't be true. But a difficulty is when you say, how can that be true? Okay, so a difficulty is okay. You can have difficulties about the faith because you're searching and trying to find the answer. A doubt is when you're dismissing it and saying, that's dumb, I don't believe that. Um, Doubt, no, no room for it. Difficulty, yes, ask the questions. Right, oh, that's how we learn in school, that's how we learn anything, right? We have to ask questions and do it. And, you know, there's been, you know, to go, to go, you know, just kind of piggyback on what we're talking about, uh, you know, Pew Research came out and said one-third of Catholics, I'm sure you saw this, relieve, uh, believe in the real presence. Bishop Barron had come out and talked at the last uh, bishops' conference and talked about for every one person joining the church, there's almost six and a half people leaving. So there is there are things going on, but I think it all comes back to how do we live our faith, and isn't it attractive in this dark world where people can't find happiness, the true happiness and joy is found in Jesus Christ? Uh, it, it is. But um, I, I forget which way atheists say. Um, I think it might have been Bertrand Russell or someone who said, um, if the Christians are redeemed, why don't they look more redeemed? <laughs> <laughs> Good point, though, right? In other, words, in other words, if we're going around with, with long faces and, and complaining about the horribleness in the world and the bitterness of our fellow Christians and all the rest of it, that isn't going to do much good. Um, we, the, the spirit, one of the gifts of the Spirit is joy. You know, we have to have joy in our, in our faith and in confidence, um, and, and that will attract others, uh, as you've said. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. If you, you want people to eat lemons, don't suck on a lemon, make that face and say, oh, these are really good, right? Nobody's, nobody's going to take yeah, that from yeah. you. The, the the other joke I like is C.S. Lewis, who said, you can always tell the pillars of the church because their faces look like stone. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hadn't heard that well, one. That's, that's funny. I like that. Well, the, now, the other thing about this Pew survey, Deacon, is I'm taking a different slant on it. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of wringing their hands and saying only, only a third of the Catholics believe in the real presence. I, I think an awful lot of the people who answered that are, are simply displaying the lack of real catechesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you ask the person in the street, or even ask the Catholic in the pew, do you believe that the bread and the wine becomes uh, human, the body and blood of Christ? They probably think that you're saying, do they believe that it becomes human flesh and human blood if you take it to a lab? And right. they say, no, I don't believe that. Right. But in fact, that's not what the Church teaches anyway. Right. The Church teaches that it is the, the inner essence, the invisible substance of this thing, 
which is transformed to the body and blood of Christ. And so I think when a lot of people are saying they don't believe this in these surveys, they're saying that they don't believe something that the Catholic Church doesn't actually teach. In other words, they don't believe that it becomes human flesh and blood if you took it to a lab. But the Church doesn't teach that anyway. So right. I, I, therefore, I, you know, I'm dubious about these, these polls and these, these um, you know, these questionnaires, because um, are the questionnaires themselves devised from a, from a real understanding of Catholic teaching? Right. Uh, probably, may, maybe not. So we have to take all that with a pinch of salt. Well, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. The other, the other thing I always think about, you know, we see all these horrific black masses popping up here and there. But they're stealing, they're stealing the Eucharist because in the end, the evil one knows this is Jesus. Uh, they could easily go to the yeah. store and buy unconsecrated hosts and do that, but no, they go and receive. So it's interesting how the evil one sees it, but unfortunately, people who are there every day who haven't grown in their faith don't see it. Yes, I read an interesting uh, interview one time with a, with uh, a guy who was a Satanist, and he was then converted, and he said um, once he was really into Satanism, he said he could tell uh, supernaturally within his mind if a host had been consecrated or not, and he also, and this is really amazing, he said he also could tell uh, if a man was a Catholic priest or not, not and even if he was wearing civvies in the mm, street, right, you know? Right, And if, in other words, if two guys walked into the room, and one was a Catholic priest and one was not, but they were both wearing shorts and a T-shirt, um, he would be, this Satanist said he could tell which one was the Catholic priest. Well, we so see that's, those are all... Those are awesome truths to remember. Well, we see it throughout the Bible, right? It's always the evil one. He's, Jesus is always like, hey, shut up, right? He's the, they're the yep. ones who, who recognize it. Well, it's hard to believe we're down to about a minute or so to go. Um, could you talk about, uh, remind people about your website, what's on there, the blog, how they, can, uh, how they can access that? Yeah, I started blogging about, wow, 13 years ago um, when it was, blogging was still new. And I was surprised people wanted to read this stuff. And now... I have thousands of readers all over the world who come and read. I blog almost every day um, about current events, about the faith. I do some apologetics and some catechesis. Um, sometimes I stir the pot a little bit on Twitter or Facebook and, and get people mad at me or, <laughs> or at, least at least talking about the faith. Um, and this has led to a, a great outreach in, in speaking at men's conferences and, and stuff uh, around the country, which is just, I'm just blown away by the fact that uh, the Lord has used it in this way. So anyway, I encourage them to come over. It's DwightLongenecker.com. Um, there's plenty to look at there, and I've got all my archive posts and podcasts and other stuff. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time today, Father, and uh, and really all the hard work you're doing in trying to spread the truth and, and really really look at the positive side of things is really there there are a lot of good things going out there we don't want to get caught in the negative so i'm glad you kind of brought that up so i appreciate it absolutely the holy spirit is at work in the world don't don't despair please remember all of our shows can be listened to at respectliferadio.com just click on the podcasts